girls to another episode of K-Fabe Comparisons. My name is Mr. Know-It-All, Daniel John Schaefer, and I am joined once again by the king of the K-Fabe kickflip, Mr. Wex Breaking the Lawson. Wex, we had a week off, man. How you feeling? How you been? Feeling pretty good, and that week off was a hell of a week. It was like 100 degrees. It was uh, pretty miserable. You know, we wow. got some good weather going now. Nice cool breeze out there, not too hot, but you know, still hot enough to maybe hit that poo, if you know what I'm saying. I was uh, deep in the heart of Texas, if you will. Um, it was very nice and thick. You've been working out, Wax? You've been lifting some weights? Uh, actually, no. No? You're just flexing on us? i just been, you know, running on the treadmill. That's about it. Just a big, strong guy? Big, strong boy? Yeah, actually, I mean, I've just been lifting boxes at work all day. That's all I'm doing. There you go. Doing man's work, throwing things oh, yeah. around. That's right. <laughs> Hell yeah. Hell yeah, man. Well, we sorry we missed you guys last week, but it was nice to have a little summer break. Uh, I'm hyped to get into it today, though. Um, we got a lot on the plate, man. We've got like news that we've missed out on. I know everybody out there on the interwebs is just dying to hear my take. Um, that's, what, <laughs> that's why everybody listens to this show, right? Um, yeah, I'm excited about it, man. We're also covering Forbidden Door, um, the new first New Japan AEW pay-per-view. Probably first of many, just judging by how it went. So um, at least we hope. Maybe we'll just get like a once a year type thing. That'd be fine too. Um, yeah, man, Wex, how how hype are you for the show? I mean, there's like tons of meat on the bone here today. Dude, I mean, honestly, it's a, one of the better AEW pay-per-views they probably had that we've had to review. So, and it was really good. And just like you said, hopefully it's like a once a year thing. I've already heard rumors that the next one's going to be in Japan, which is awesome. Oh, yeah, that'd be very cool. I mean, just seeing those guys in that setting, too, I feel like um, is just something that everybody everybody wants to see. I mean, especially considering how well that show went over in front of the AEW crowd. I can only imagine it would be just as awesome. Very different, though. I mean, yeah, well, hopefully the Japanese crowd can get to cheering again, because that's that's one thing. Like, even Okada talked about it, like actually hearing the crowd be able to, like, you know, clap and cheer and shit. It's a it's a whole different ball game. Yeah. Yeah. Different is definitely the right word for it. Um, it's a little strange to me. It's still I mean, it kind of always has been. Um, but yeah, man, I'm excited. I'm excited for this week's show. Um, yeah. So without further ado, man, let, let's get into my favorite section of the show. It's Wexley spills the tea. Mr. Lawson. How we just said Lipton today? Is it Lipton? Are we still, are we no, still it's like brisk, baby? Oh, it's brisk. Ooh, brisk. Um, all right, a little kiss, a kiss of lemon, as they say. Yeah, the little claymation, uh, diehard. You know, you know, you remember the commercial? I did. I do. I do. I do. Bruce Willis. That's that's where I was going with uh, old guy. Yeah. So speaking of some old guys, uh, the Vinnie Mac saga continues. On uh, you know, it's been a couple weeks since we've talked about it, but. Literally right after we recorded last week's episode, it was announced that Stephanie McMahon was stepping up as the new CEO. And then uh, a couple more investigations came out, not only the ones that we talked about, but like another investigation by a separate firm about uh, basically misuse, mistrust in the board of like the board of directors with their stockholders, like lying and not giving out the right information and shit maybe goes back to some of that saudi arabia stuff that you remember they were kind of getting flack for because they wouldn't you know mm. the whole you know so basically they're still getting invested they're getting investigated on even more stuff and as you know uh some old uh rape allegations from way back in the 80s and early 90s from that referee are coming back yes. out again so 
Vinnie Mac, uh, you really can't catch a break right now. And the fact that he's appeared on Raw and SmackDown multiple times and just like did nothing. Yeah. Yeah, I think that they're putting him out there on TV to kind of like rub it in everybody's face. I think it's I think it's more for him. I think it's just like I'm going to be on TV and do nothing, but I'm going to stay on TV as long as I can to remind people that I'm Vince McMahon. Um, I mean, I don't know. Like to me, when I was talking about, you know, when this all this first came up about the hush money and everything. And I was pretty much talking about like, to me, this is one of the smaller scandals he's been involved in. Like I was kind of talking about the rape allegation thing too, which would, I mean, he won that civil case or there, there or something. He won some kind of basically the statute of limitations at that time. But by the time she tried to like take, do anything about it back then. So that's pretty much why I got thrown out. Yeah, I knew it was something like that, but I know that he was planning to counter sue her before he got into federal trouble for the steroid scandal. So, yes, and uh, I mean, it's crazy. Like, and speaking of that and the steroid scandal, like hearing that about her, which everyone's like kind of known about for years, and you can and you kind of go into some of that cream team stuff. Have you ever watched those old Phil Donahue like episodes where, like, I've watched those before, and then like more stuff that comes out, I'm like, wow, like. It's, it's crazy. It isn't man. really too crazy. Like they probably are doing this crazy ass shit and have yeah. been for years. And like the fact that Pat Patterson got fired years ago due to allegations and they just kind of like swept it under the rug and just brought him back in the nineties and didn't say anything. Just yeah. there's, there's so much stuff. It's just, if you ever, if, if y'all are listening to this, go check out on YouTube, the Phil Donahue, uh, interviews with Vince McMahon about, there's a few different episodes, like where they fired a guy that they did like this talent search for. They were trying to find a new, uh, commentator a new like tv guy and this guy was on tv for like a little while like a year he was the new guy that found the talent search and apparently pat patterson and some other people made some sexual passes at him and he was like no i don't want to do that then he got fired oh and you no. can watch that watch those phil donahue interviews it gets intense and it's like it's some real deal shit and when were the donahue things when did that happen oh they're in the eight it was like in the 80s like okay Late like, 80s, early 90s. I'll okay. if I can find the link, I'll somehow maybe try to put it in the description or something. If I can link the video yeah. that I know about that shows it, but it's really damning just to see all that and then put everything together in modern day. And Vince just doesn't give a fuck. No, he doesn't care. I mean, he's like, I'm old at this point. I made it to this age. Like, what happens now? I don't care. Right. That's kind of how the, the vibe I'm getting. No, I think that you're dead on with that, and that is definitely the vibe that I'm getting as well. What else we got, man? Okay, uh, some insane shit. So did you hear about this new documentary that's coming out? The Rock, his dad uh, apparently has been banging a lot, and The Rock has five half-siblings that all from Canada. He has this whole family he didn't know about. Rocky Johnson was out there in Canada laying the pipe, and The Rock has like five half-siblings that he just found out about. And this new documentary is coming out called like Finding Rocky's Family, and it's fucking insane. Like – what? What? Rocky Johnson was laying the pipe all through Canada. You know, he was wrestling. Okay, okay, okay. So, so the, my question to that is, like, is it one woman with five children, or is it just a several? No, baby it's mamas? a bunch of different kids. Like, oh, okay, okay, okay. So it wasn't was like. Just, so was he aware of them? No, I don't. I I don't know. But if you see some, like, if you look at the pictures of some of the kids on like the cover of the documentary, they look just like Rocky Johnson, like spit yeah. image, like more than the yeah. rock even like crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So he wow. was just out here laying pipe throughout Canada. I'm pretty sure they were all from different people. Like most of them. I could I be mean, wrong. That's... He could have had a separate secret family of just five people. But I mean, dude, insane. 
either way it goes, whether it was a one girl, many girls, the rock yeah. has five siblings that he didn't fucking yeah. know about. Right. Which that's wild, that man. blew my mind. I was just like, what? that's wild. I feel like, I feel like that's the biggest fear of any man. Like that has ever been remotely promiscuous is that just like one day and like 20 years, you're just going to have some random person come up to you and be like, you're my dad. Dude, I wonder how many other pro wrestlers have just like fucking tons of kids out here. I mean, back in the day who were just. Yeah, it's a scary thought. It's a scary thought. I don't want to think about it for my own life. Wrestlers, rock stars, uh, just like people who are on tour. Yeah, people that are tour in general. Yeah. athletes musicians yeah yes all them people i wonder how yeah there's probably more illegitimate children from semi and defa- semi famous to famous people that we know about but goddamn uh so uh one other thing in wwe news logan paul just signed a long-term one at least like a one-year contract yeah i think it's like people people i think that, i think that a lot of it's publicity i'm sure he did sign but i'm sure it's just like a Okay, we're gonna use you th- here at SummerSlam. We're gonna use you at the Rumble. We're gonna use you at Mania, and it's like a three appearance deal. Like I don't think it's like a a professional wrestling contract, or like I don't, I don't even think it's like a Ronda Rousey thing. Oh, okay, well I, we'll see where it goes. Maybe he'll do some more stuff at the Miz. I'm guessing, but uh, I mean, I some a so. pretty uh fucking funny kind of ironic, I guess, news. So earlier this week, uh, old shunned wrestler Joey Ryan. Oh, yeah. With all these sexual allegations, was spotted working at Disneyland at the Jungle Cruise attraction. Some po- photos were posted online of him, and everybody's like, aha, he's working at Disneyland, and somehow shit got around to Disney and he got fired. That is crazy. Yeah, fucking insane. And like, I think it has something to do with him being around children, maybe, because he had some what? type of. That's what someone said, but I don't know I don't if he ever he was, actually got was, it, con- was he even like prosecuted for anything? That's the thing. So that's when I heard that I was like, I don't know about that. I think Disney is probably like, oh shit, this dude, fuck, we can't have him on the Jungle Cruise. It's just bad. They PR. just Google it. They just Google Joey Ryan because he's you know obviously going by his real name right. and not Joey Ryan. They like find out the fucking connection there, and they're probably like, fuck. They probably saw the one dick flip video and were like, yep, this guy. Man, I don't know, dude. I mean, I don't know. I mean, Joey Ryan. I was never really into him anyway, so it's not much of a loss for me. But it's like, you got the guy. The guy's got to at least be able to work for minimum wage. Exactly, somewhere, that's like, what I'm saying. Like, geez. let him fucking like, let him do something. Maybe, some, maybe not something around kids and young children, just because of yeah, what he's maybe known I mean, for. Fair. But like, that's fair. That's fair. That's fair. At least I I mean, uh, you know, let him go get a goddamn job at McDonald's or something, dude. I mean, or you could just like, if you're gonna, if Disney's gonna have him, at least make him play like a villain, like Gaston yeah, yeah, or something. something. Like make that, him be you know I mean? something where he's not really around. Uh, young adolescent women sure but uh speaking of not really that's not a good transition i was like speaking of young adolescent women my goodness i I don't know how that would have worked coming in hot nothing really good to transition into this but uh dude so this is just the weirdest thing i think that vince mcmahon he's getting all these crazy allegations going on and tony khan is catching heat online this week for hugging wrestlers like people are give because I don't know what the deal is, but like he like hugs some more like hugs some wrestlers at the press conference, like when they were doing the media thing, and he's like done that before, and they're just like Vince Russo is really the main one who was like, bro, this is not it, this is just, and I'm like, dude, he's just he's happy, he's just being nice and like, hugging people that he like. 
Why What's so wrong about hugging opinion somebody? opinion matter to anyone at all in the world these days? Like, I just don't, I can't understand that. Like, and it was like the, you know, like the little WWE only guys on uh, Twitter, and they were just like ripping Tony Khan, like, oh, he's a weirdo. Like, blah, blah. I'm like, he's literally just hugging people, just being nice, like being happy. Like, what the fuck? He's not out here sexually assaulting his uh, staff members and then giving them hush money. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous, is what it is. I mean, like, literally, you, you know how, like, the both hardcore extremist sides go, like, one person does any little yeah. thing that they could pick at, they're going to be like, ah, oh, blah, 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 you know. Yeah. We, we know these fucking stands of the single companies. I know companies it. I know goes. We hate the stands here at the show. We just don't like them. We're not fans of stands in general. Well, I'm a fan of Tony Khan, and I'm a fan of, uh, I guess, like, I was going to say Vince McMahon, but I mean, I'm a fan of the character of Mr. McMahon, if you want. If, uh, we'll say that. I'm, I'm a fan of the what? character I'll of Mr. Say it. McMahon. I'm, I'm a fan of Vince McMahon. I'm a fan of that dude. That dude has done, like, look at the, my goodness, man. My, we're almost in, like, a Michael Jackson situation. It's like, do I want him, like, to hang out with? Nah. But, like, I'm not just canceling all <laughs> the things that he's done great, in the world. Like, dude. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. you can't just, like, I mean... Yeah, like I don't want to talk about Michael Jackson's personal life, but I'm not gonna stop listening to Thriller anytime soon. You know what I mean? So, yeah. hey, Mr. Ma- I'll watch Mr. McMahon versus Stone Cold any day. But uh, Tony Khan uh, d- got some shit rolling with the ROH. They announced Death Before Dishonor July 24th. They officially put out like the new logo, the new merch, and everything. And it's basically the original, well, not the original ROH logo, the second version of the ROH like logo the early without 90s, the ad- Ring of Honor. without the italicized yeah. little yeah. Uh, shit. So it's pretty much the same thing. I like the vibe. I just want to get a TV deal, a streaming deal, a YouTube something. A- a ongoing weekly thing announced soon because I'm, you know, I'm getting tired of it and sprinkled into AEW. Yeah, I don't think that's happening. I think they're just going to keep it in as just part of AEW. Well, it sucks, and I hate sucks. that. I'm glad. I'm glad Ring of Honor staying alive though, because you know I love me some like Ring of Honor. Thirty titles and like nothing, and they're about to do a trio title. It's like, dude, you guys have way, way too many belts right now. Like, yeah. It's kind of getting oversaturated, but I mean, they have a huge roster. So as long as they can make, like you said, make it dark or something, an actual weekly something, if they can switch one of those, then I think you can maybe work that out a little bit more, have more title defenses on YouTube, I agree. like kind of strictly move those ROH titles more to the YouTube shows. Yeah, I agree fully. I think I it would work. That's the best bet. But I mean, uh, so there's not uh, much more in the AEW news. Angel, uh, Alan Angels, number five from the Dark Order, his contract has expired. They did not re-sign him, and uh, Blood and Guts was really good last night. Blood and Guts was—I I heard it was great. I haven't had a chance to check it out yet. I do have it on DVR. Uh, of course, I've seen the viral Sammy bump that's like everywhere, uh, and it looks like a decent bump. I mean, it doesn't look bad. It doesn't look bad, but it's—it nah, I mean, was—it was, was nice. It's a it was bump, you know. It it's was safe bump. enough. Yeah. I'll say that. Uh, and like, not even just like the main show, but the undercard, dude, we got a uh, Christian cage came out, cut a sick ass fucking promo more on jungle boy. And then he introduced the new heel turn luchasaurus. Yeah. With Christian. And I thought that was fucking fantastic. He's yeah. like wearing all black kind of got like old school cane vibes, maybe just like a little bit of something mixed in there. Cause he's way more athletic than fucking Kane ever was. But yeah. dude, I'm liking that vibe though. Heel Luchasaurus with Christian, and even if he stays heel or ends up turning back fate, whatever happens, it's I think they're going in a good direction with that. That's one of the best stories they got going on in AEW right now. Yeah, I agree, and I mean I think the sky's the limit for Jungle Boy. I think this is just uh, kind of the beginning of him getting a solid 
introduction into the uh, the that into the uh, singles area there. What's going on with Wardlow, man? What's he doing? Uh, he actually is challenging the Scorpio Sky, the TNT champion, next week in a street oh, yeah. fight for the title. Okay. All right. Well, he'll probably win that thing. Yeah, and uh, I agree with what Miro said. Hot take. He said the TNT title has went to shit since he lost it. Yep. It's just kind of lost its prestige. So hopefully Wardlow can put some respect on it because, uh, you know, they say that the the man doesn't make the belt. Or no, the belt doesn't make the man. The man makes the belt. That's correct. That That's is correct. correct. I think I think the, both the TNT title and the TBS title are useless, I especially because I don't like the way they look either. And I think that that all-Atlantic title that we're going to talk about in the show it's is so beautiful. much cooler. It's it amazing. It is beautiful. It's like that is uh, – that's like – it's like a brand new intercontinental title. You know what I mean? Like it's just it makes me feel makes me feel good. For some it reason, feels- I think the TBS and the TNT title are still remnants of Cody Rhodes. I think he had a lot to do with the design of those titles. So maybe that's just like a little thing. And then eventually, yeah. what if they end up changing networks? They're going to have to get rid of those titles. Yeah, I mean, I feel like they should just drop them. Like all, I think they should just stop talking about them and just. Pretend like they are just gone. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I genuinely think they should have some unification matches. Uh, Both women's titles get unified and the all Atlantic and the TBS gets unified. Yeah, I agree. TNT. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that would be the best. Well, let's uh, go ahead and get into goddamn New Japan Pro Wrestling X AEW, the forbidden door. All right, man. Without further ado, let's get into it. And we are in the thick of it. It is AEW's and New Japan's Forbidden Door pay-per-view. Um, this is kind of our deep dive here. Uh, I will say I, I I didn't like a lot of the hype leading up to this. I didn't think that the show was um, hyped as well as it could have been. There's a lot of injuries that happen. And, you know, we see these major New Japan stars, and I feel like at least from the outside looking in in the beginning, it felt like this is not the best way to use this talent. Um, this isn't going to work. This show is going to suck. I thought it was going to be a, a fill. I thought it was going to be a really long dynamite, to be honest with you. What were, you, what were your impressions coming into the show? I mean, like literally just, uh, I mean, I wasn't expecting to be a long dynamite, but it's just kind of like everything kind of felt weird because literally every single match on the card, except for Tony storm versus thunder Rosa had to be changed due to injury. So like I knew they were gonna, dude. I know all these guys can work, but like I just, it had this weird, eerie feeling. Like all these injuries, I felt like people were just gonna, it just had bad vibes going into it. But they fucking, like just like you said, fucking delivered a hundred percent on this shit. Yeah, I mean not a hundred percent, but yeah, I think they did. They did a pretty good job as always. Um, I did watch a little bit of the buy. Did you watch the buy-in at all? No, oh, definitely. I watched the buy-in, and the buy-in was fucking great too. Yeah, the buy-in was, was pretty fun. solid. It was pretty solid. I liked that it was, um, for the first time, like it was a show. Like the buy-in itself was a wrestling show, as opposed to just like a bunch of hype packages and maybe a match or two. You know what I mean? Um, so I felt like that that made that made a difference to me. Uh, I don't want to like really drag on the pre-show just because we have so much to cover. So let's jump right into the main meat and potatoes of the show here. Uh, it's Minoru Suzuki versus Minoru Suzuki and Les Sex Gods, uh, Chris Jericho and Sammy Guevara with Tay Conti or Ty Conti, whatever you call her, versus uh, Eddie Kingston, Shota Umino, yes, Umino, 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 and uh, Wheeler Yuta. And this match was surprisingly better than I expected. Dude, um, I thought as a six yeah. man, I was like, this is a 
This is a really good match above average for sure. Um, I wouldn't necessarily say it was great. I mean, it was still like a, a six man match and it didn't, uh, or it, 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 I felt like it could have been a little bit shorter. I mean, we're almost 20 minutes in and it, it felt like it was a really good opener. The work was great. Um, I thought Sammy had some just sick, sick bumps in that one that looked really good. Jericho looked really good. Uh, I think that the Umino Jericho storyline moving forward is something to worth watching. I feel like that's going to be really cool. Um, so I'm excited about it. Overall, I, I'm going to go three and three quarter, maybe all the way up to four, but no more than four beers for me. Uh, where are you at on this uh, this opener here? Hey, dude, three and three quarters, three point seven five. That's exactly what I have, and. Almost, I have like the same note. I was like, this is one of those matches I had like low expectations for, but it was yeah. fucking awesome. Yeah. Like, it was a really great opener, good way to open the show. And like you said, I love that little long term booking they got there with Umino and uh, Jericho going back to Wrestle Kingdom, where he put him in the walls and because his and beat up Red Shoes, his dad. You know, it's it's, it's good. I like when they uh, do that little long term shit there. And dude, I I can't get enough of Eddie Kingston versus Minoru Suzuki. I'd love to see maybe that in a singles setting because it'd be per- yeah. pretty fucking sick and dude umino is going to be a star someday like he's oh for he just sure has that look has the heat work great and that that fucking jacket is sick and i love the shooter nickname it's a good good nickname yeah it really is it really is it was a good one uh solid way to open the show for sure uh let's keep it rolling here the next match on the card is ftr uh versus the united empire which is uh, the great Ocon and jeff cobb uh, and then Rapungi Vice, which I'm really happy that that's happening again. I think that this team, pre- like, just automatically is significantly better than than Trent and uh, Chuck Taylor. Oh yeah, Rapungi Vice fucking rules, dude. Rapungi Vice is great, and I feel like Trent and uh, Rocky Romero just work way better than Chuck Taylor and and Trent. Um, I was very hyped. This match was incredible. I thought it was a really really good match. Uh, I actually think that the Dax. Harwood kind of getting hurt and them calling some of it on the fly to me actually improved the match because I felt really invested in it. And it felt like as a as a marquee stand of my of my own self, like I felt like I was like, these dudes are having to call a lot of this just in the ring because I'm sure a lot of their spots are different now, you know, so like um, I thought it was great. I thought it was great. I thought that the fact that, you know, Dax finished the match. I thought the, I mean, the fact that these dudes get the titles, too, it's just I mean, FTR is they're already approaching like greatest tag team of all time territory. Like they're getting close. I mean, they've just with all the, you know, if you just look at their jewelry box, man, I mean, look at all these belts that they've collected, like since they've been a tag team. I mean, I would say like, this is the fastest rising tag team of all time period. I mean, cause they started in what? 2015, 2016, yeah, maybe in the like on like main on TV. See, that's wild, dude. You know what I mean? Where were you at on this uh, this tag team IWGP World you, Tag what Team? What did you team? give it? What did I give it? Yeah, I gave it four and a half. Dude, no way. I also gave it fucking four and a half. So we're nice. two for two so far. Nice. And dude, I just love this match because I love the three way tag rules to where there can only be two people in the ring, but there's three yes. teams, and I kind of yes. love that kind of like unpredictableness and the chaotic kind of shit that happens whenever you have that. And dude, great Ocon had some goddamn HBK level selling in this match. And yeah. I was fucking laughing, but it still worked. It like, wasn't, it was like borderline too hokey, but still good enough. Yeah. Still worked. Yeah. And he even, I made a tweet. He's like, maybe I can be the Scott hall of AEW. 
Oh my goodness. Oh Which is uh, great. Uh, nice little tribute there to Scott Hall. And dude, like you said, love seeing Rapongi Vice together, but like I knew they weren't going to win the belt. They were kind of the outlier in this match. But they all had really great work together. They all had great chemistry. Like that pop that Dax got when he came back from the back with his shit taped up, that was awesome. That added just an extra layer to the match and just made it that much more intense. It was yeah. fucking great. Like one of the just fucking great, great tag team wrestling. Yeah, really good tag team wrestling. I mean, I'll say it again, dude. I think FTR will, if they continue on the streak, man, and they stay as healthy as they can, it's going to be, I mean, they, I feel like they're they're on a clean beeline for that number one tag team of all time spot, and they might they might just get it. Uh, Seven star FTR. Yeah, got to love it. Got to love it. Uh, let's keep it going here. The next match is for the inaugural AEW All-Atlantic Championship. I like how... All of these matches are kind of like I think I thought the flow of this match card was significantly better than the last pay-per-view they put on. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like this quite a bit. Uh, it's Pack versus Clark Connors, which is the first time I'd really ever seen him versus Miro versus Malachi Black. I thought Malachi Black and Miro, there's money there. Like there's a there's a feud there for sure. Oh, yeah, for sure. It's just built in. Very good. Clark Connors did more than hold his own. Uh, I was impressed with him. He felt like he fit. I mean, in the beginning, I felt like it was kind of like a who's this guy kind of moment. Uh, and by the end of the match, I felt like he was on an equal playing field with the other three guys. And that's saying quite a bit, considering they're all three stars. You know, um, I think Pac is well overdue to be holding a title in AEW. I think he needs it. And I also think he'll be a great inaugural uh, champion. Like I think of, you know, I, like instead of doing like the king of the cruiserweights type thing, I could totally him seeing seeing him do like the king of the Atlantic or or whatever, and like almost having like a slight, slight like but serious piratey gimmick. Like I feel like that's a kind of a thing that he would pull off really well, just because he's got that sinister kind of voice, you know. Um, anyway, fifteen minutes on the button, um, which I almost respected it like enough as it is. I thought it was great, man. I thought it was a really, really great match. I it literally is like, it was right up there with the tag team match to me. I gave it four and a half to four and three quarter beers for me. Okay. That's the first one that we're not completely on with, but I gave it four and a quarter beers. Still pretty fucking yeah. close. Like it's only yeah. like half a beer off, but dude, you still really like the match. Yeah. And dude, just like you said, like Clark Connors, I really didn't know much about him. I've just like seen his name a bunch on like new Japan strong and stuff. Like when I, yeah, read about it or hear about it or whatever. But dude, he showed the fuck up and showed out like that spear through the uh, table with Miro. The crowd went so fucking hype for him. Like he got a solid pop and dude, the pace was so good in this match. They never had like too much going on at once. Never like a bunch of super contrived four way spots. They'd like, you know, it'd be like a two, you know, like a match. And then like two people would take over and two. And then it was just really good fucking pacing. And Miro versus Malachi Black is going to be fucking gold. It's going to oh. be money. going to be a great feud. I, I love the way they it's set that up. So and just good. like you said, I love seeing Pack with gold. Uh, I actually have two AEW Pack figures uh, on the shelf right there. I just have two yeah. of the same one for some reason. Don't ask me why, but I do. I love it. But I love Pack, And that, that's good to see some shit from him right there. And I still yeah. have one of his owed WWE NXT Adrian Neville figures. Gotta love that. That's quality, man. That's quality. It's a throwback. Is he still? Is it still in the uh, in the box or? Oh, it's definitely still in the box. Yeah, hold on to that. Hold on to that thing. Um, Tight. That's awesome for sure. Let's keep it rolling here, man. And the next match is also is another trios match. It's a six man tag team match. It's the dudes with attitudes. 
uh, which they talk about how like I guess Sting had done it in the nineties, but like I'm I'm pretty certain that the most popular dudes with attitudes is Diesel and HBK, right? Like, yeah, that, Diesel and HBK, they that was their name. But yeah, Sting did that in the nineties with like way before that. It was like junk. He had like Junkyard Dog and some other people. Yeah, I think it was like nineteen ninety or something like that. And yeah. I don't know. They called that out too, and I was like, damn. Like you were burying Sting because you just make him sound so old every time you talk. Um, anyway, it's Darby Allen, Sting, and Shingo Takage. Tatag Takage. Takage, yeah. Uh, and they're going up against like the one night only uh, Bullet Club reunion thing. So it's uh, El Fantasmo, the Young Bucks, and Galeo. Uh, Galeo just yeah, he's more he's more of a manager because he wasn't in the match because. Uh, right. Hiromu Takahashi was scheduled to be in this match, but he got sick, got a fever, and they wouldn't let him get on the plane to come from Japan, so he had to stay back. Some bullshit. Some bullshit. Uh, the match was good. It wasn't great. Uh, it was good. And I really liked the uh, the fake staying in the rafters. I liked that they didn't... I was like, oh, God, please don't like put him down. Like, repel. Owen Hart style? That's what yeah, you Yeah, I was like, please, God, don't do that. Like... So I thought it was a really cool idea to where it's just like spotlight. He's in the rafters lights go out again and he's like jumping off the sign. Like that was really well done production wise, like really smart, really good. And Sting looked great in the match and Sting continues to look good in all of his wrestling matches. Granted, it seems like he's only doing tags and like these six mans, but who cares? Like, honestly, this is genius of him. Like don't have a bunch of these singles matches where you do show, you know, your age, like just make it, keep, keep it looking young, keep doing your thing. Um, it's working for him for sure. Darby Allen looked great in this match. El Fantasma was sold like a madman. Uh, it was good. The Young Bucks were good. Everything was good. It just felt like it didn't really matter. And it felt more like an entertainment match than like, I don't know. It's like coming off of that um, that four-way for the AEW title. It felt like, you know, each guy really wanted to win and like you're suspending your disbelief. And this just felt like more like a pro wrestling match. You know what I mean? And it was just like, it just felt a little more entertaining and a little less serious and a less. And just because of that, it felt like it didn't mean as much. Um, either way, I like the match. I gave it three and a half beers, but I don't really feel like I give it much more than that. Uh, where are you at on this one? I gave it a little bit more. I haven't ended up giving it four beers. And this is another one of those ones I was kind of skeptical about. But, dude, literally, like you said, Sting always delivers time and time again. Like this version of Sting is like. It's becoming one of my favorite versions because, like, you know, I'm getting – I'm seeing the whole fucking run. It's not like, you know, me catching the tail end of the run or tuning into TNA every now and then. Like, Steam's fucking killing it here, and I maybe give it that extra half a beer because I'm an old-school Young Bucks Bullet Club, Mark. And seeing them in the old gear doing their obnoxious multi-moon salts just for the back rakes, like, it, it just – and hearing Excalibur call fucking that just classic shit right there. And El Fantasmo, he's never teamed with them before, and he, like, fit really well with them. Yeah, he did. Like, he almost did too really well, well, which, like, I feel like maybe they should pursue something in the future there. I don't know. El Fantasmo's really good and very underrated. No, he's very, very good. I agree. His facial expressions are – they should be on a, a, a top-tier television show, and he's not really getting that in New Japan. And I love his, like uh, – basically his old school where he dances as he's walking the ropes and shit. Like, yeah. he has so much good, like – Great in ring, but some like just kind of like an orange cast. You got some funny shit, but he's still really good at what he does. And yeah. Sting no selling that super kick was just top tier. The crowd went oh, that was good. fucking nuts for it. I, I just loved it. I thought it was just a nice, fun, exciting six band. Four beers for me. 
it was, it was really fun. I love the young bucks. Yeah, I mean, I thought it was really good. I mean, three, I mean, I thought three and a half was good, but it's like, I don't know when you have a couple, and I like uh, it was a change of pace. It was more of a fun entertainment, not yeah, so serious yeah, match. It kind of, yeah, that's, that's why the card was paced so well. Cause they just kind of, they knew yeah. how to work it. I agree. I agree. I mean, I, yeah, I like the match. I think it was a good spot here. I just feel like, I mean, you froze up. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just not going to happen. Um, that's okay though. That's okay. That not every not every match should be a, a four beer match or more. You know, so yeah. Um, it was what it was. Um, speaking of things that are definitely not four beers or more, the next match here is Thunder Rosa versus Tony Storm for the AEW Women's Championship. The AEW's Women's Championship has never meant less, um, and it just feels like it's not. Um, it's not. It's it's this the whole Thunder Rosa title reign is just not working for me, man. It's not working. I'm not saying it's her fault. Um, this I'm going to say it might be her fault, to be honest. Maybe it is her fault. I mean, maybe it is her fault. I just, I just, I just don't, I mean, I was kind of hyped about the idea that Tony storm might be champ, but then I was like, I don't know. Tony storm doesn't look like she has the same fire that she used to have. It seems like, like, I'm not saying that she doesn't have a passion for wrestling anymore. And I'm not saying that I'm, I'm certainly not saying that like, you know, she doesn't have it anymore, but it's like, there's. It's like I, I'm always I feel like I'm always trying to make excuses for why Thunder Rosa isn't matching up well with these other women. And maybe it's because she's not as good as everyone acts like she is. And, I'm just gonna go yes, ahead and say that. That's kind of where I was going to get at. Yeah, it's like it's like there's so many women that I know can have bangers. And then it's like they it looks like they don't care when they're wrestling Thunder Rosa. And it sounds weird, but like may, maybe it's not them. Maybe it's just Thunder Rosa. Uh, but for me, it's not working. Um, I mean, I, I felt like it was. There was some really sloppy, lazy spots. Um, it's still, it's actually below average for me. I gave it two and a half beers. Uh, I just wasn't, it wasn't very good. I, I really wanted it to be good. I really liked the idea of Tony Storm possibly winning the title, but she seemed like lackadaisical as well. Just wasn't good. Two and a half beers for me. Where are you at on it? Well, literally, this is one of the only two singles matches on the entire card, and. Even though it was way better than Thunder Rosa's last two title matches, her and Storm had like a slight better chemistry. But dude, Thunder Rosa is just not it. I don't know what it is. Like she's had good matches in the past, and like I don't know if she's on a lull, but I maybe think it's like maybe she just had. I've heard that heard from people that you know she kind of has an attitude, and uh, people don't like working with her. And that could all also cause like a, you know, if you don't have good chemistry there and you're mad at somebody it could affect the match. Yeah. And like, I've seen her have good matches in the past, but like her, like you said, her title run has been lackluster. I think Tony storm winning the title was the right, would have been the right move because I feel like Tony storm has like, I mean, her match with Britt Baker was really good. So yeah, like, I don't know. Thunder Rosa you know, she, she, she's had her run. I think it's time to take the belt off her, put it on somebody else and, you know, inject some life into this women's division. Cause Thunder Rosa, you know, she, just like her being from the graveyards of Tijuana, she's taking this shit straight to the grave. It's dead as hell. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's just not working, man. I mean, maybe that's what it is. Maybe she's about people the wrong way. Maybe not. Maybe it really is just like a situational thing and it's just not, she's got really bad luck. Maybe that's what it is too. Either way. Um, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't what it could have been or what it should have been. Uh, her last good match was that cage match with Britt Baker. Yeah. That was her last good match. I mean, Britt Baker to me is unarguably the best women's wrestler in AEW. Because Britt Baker's fucking good. Yes. I want to see Britt Baker. I want to see, I want to see Riho back in the mix. Let's get some, some good shit. 
Yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like they need a, a definite boost in the women's division. Period. They got Ru- they got Ruby Soho. Like they got people. Yeah. That's they ain't booking right. Yeah, I'm not really sold on Ruby Soho either. But we'll get there at some point. Um, the next match on the card here is my match of the night. It's Will. Me Ospre- too. Match of the night for me. Will I'll Ospre- go ahead and say it. Cassidy. Um, it's for the IWGP United States Championship. But rock hard, Juice Robinson uh, is not letting the title go. His promo was phenomenal on the show. Um, I absolutely love Juice Robinson. I want to, I mean, I, like personally, like just as a, as a personal Mark, he's in my top five, like just so fun right now. Like I just love that he's like an early nineties pro wrestler and he kind of knows it and just, it works for him somehow. Um, I love it, man. This match was an absolute banger. Um, I mean, there were a couple, a couple of slight stutter steps, and there was some extra, st- like the outside interference. I don't necessarily think needed to happen. So um, it certainly wasn't a six pack, but it was a solid four and three quarters, if not five full beers for me. I very much enjoyed this match. Uh, Will Ospreay, man, that dude needs to come to AEW, and that dude needs to be an AEW World Champion. That's, I mean, I feel like that just he needs to be the World Champion AEW. Like that's that's where he needs to be. Um, he's a great wrestler. He's gotten even better as a character. My biggest whole, my whole thing against Will Ospreay four or five years ago was that I felt like he had no, no personality. Like he was a His great charisma is off the charts now. It's insane now. Like it's all, it's like, I don't even know how he did it. Like it's a completely different human being. Like he's so good. Like it's like maybe sold a soul. I don't know. Cause he was he like, the opposite. Ricochet, cause that was the only thing they, neither of them could cut a promo and neither of them had a personality and Ricochet still sucks at that. Yeah, I mean, he doesn't suck, but he's not great. Whereas Will Ospreay, like, they, they were both about, yeah, you're right. They were both about the same level. And now it's almost like, dude, like, you are, I feel like all right now you're a better promo than 90% of the people in pro wrestling right now. I mean, not I'm not saying the best promo in the business, but pretty damn good. His character is great. I don't know how he hasn't been scooped up by AEW or WWE, to be completely honest with you. He seems like he'd be right up their alley. It'd be a big win for WWE. Um, who knows, man? I mean, Will Ospreay gets the win. It's a great match. I didn't really care for the outside interference, like I said, but I'm going four and three quarter beers, really close to a five beer match for me. Where are you at on it? Well, it's my match of the night, and it went just over five beers for me. Oh wow! I gave it Good five beer. and a quarter, and okay. you know, Orange Cassidy's supposed to be a off. comedy yeah. wrestler, and he definitely is. But dude, this match fucking went like, and they had some false finishes where, like, you know, I had my my booty hole clinched for a second. I was like, oh. Yeah. oh like ooh, and then when 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 uh fucking Cassidy kicked out of the fucking elbow, yeah, I did. I was just dude. I was like, dude, like there, like Cassidy looked like a million bucks in defeat. Yeah. Yeah. He looked so good, and Will Osprey, like you said, is just a goddamn fantastic promo, great personality, freakish athlete. You're you're right. He needs to come to America, come to AEW, get a full time run, give him the world title. Then when Kenny Omega possibly never comes back, if he does. Kenny Omega versus Will Ospreay. Mm, let me just go ahead and blah, rub one out to that one. Pre, I'll just think about it. I'll go yeah, ahead and put that into the AI. Will Ospreay versus uh, Kenny Omega and whatever weird fucked up image it gives me. I'm just going to rub like one out to it. Yeah, I don't I don't really know what's going on with Kenny, but it doesn't seem like he's in any hurry to get back either. Uh, well, the last so. thing I heard from Kenny, he said basically – he keeps having setbacks, and if he has any more major setbacks, he might be done because yeah. physically he's just like certain. He's like you know certain things just can't heal. Yeah, yeah. 
if he's bro- if he's broken down his his body that much, then it is what it is. At least hopefully. he went out in a, with a fucking bang with a hell of a last run. Yeah, yeah. I mean, hopefully, 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 it's not his last run. You know, hopefully, we'll yeah, see. Hopefully. He's my favorite wrestler, so we don't. We'll see, see him that. back in there. But this match was great. Absolutely loved it. Uh, this is my match to go watch. Uh, if you get a chance, definitely go check out Osprey versus Cassidy at this show. It was fantastic. Uh, the next match on the card is is pretty damn good as well. Um, I feel like at this point that was not really a major surprise. I feel like ninety percent of the IWC, which means probably seventy five percent of AEW's fan base, uh, kind of knew that Claudio was going to be the guy. Oh yeah. Uh, either either way though, it worked out. I mean, we knew, but it was still good. Uh, and the match was not. Uh, maybe I just had unrealistic expectations. Like the match was very good. But I, I I expected more. I really did expect more. Uh, maybe it was just a little bit of rust, but Claudio looked a little more blown up than I've seen him in previous matches, and that weighed on me. I mean, I think really what it is is I just have I had way too high expectations. I thought I was like, oh, this is going to be an absolute clinic, and it was very good, but it wasn't a clinic to me. Um, it was very good. I gave it four solid beers, but it was. Even though it was above average, I recognize that. It's like I had unrealistic re- expectations for it, and I really wanted it to be a six-beer match, and it just was a solid two beers under that to me. So it's not fair to say it's a disappointment because it was still four beers, still a very good, highly rated match from me. But, you know, uh, you know, it's it's Cesaro and Zack Sabre Jr. I expected to be, you know, an absolute barn burner. What would you think? I mean, I thought it was definitely a banger. I went four and a half, just a little bit higher than you. Okay. And... Like you said, I was expecting more of like a technical uh, masterpiece, like more of a, you know, yes, yeah, more of that shit. But I mean, I, I still like the way they worked it. They showed the technical side versus the strength of Claudio, and he got to hit all of his big shit. And I could tell he was a little bit blown up, but I will say, on blood and guts last night, he looked really good. So okay, I will yeah. say that. But uh, dude, he, I mean, he just looks so happy just to yeah. be out. I don't know. It, it made me feel good to see Claudio out there. I think Blackpool Combat Club is the perfect fit for him. He doesn't yeah. need to talk much. Regal can do the talking. Yep. Let him just go out there and whoop ass. And I love seeing the fucking Ricola bomb. I haven't seen that in years. And hearing Excalibur on commentary call it just like PWG. <sighs> classic. Classic shit right there. As, lo- as yeah. long as we could uh, be funny if we can get uh, Claudio to grow out that ponytail again. That'd be a... Uh, That'd be some that funny be shit, something. but I'm really looking forward to seeing what's going to happen with him and Eddie Kingston. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think I like I like that that booking for sure. I like, I mean, I really feel like Eddie Kingston is a very emotional wrestler, uh, and Cesaro can kind of cover the, the the P's and Q's of the um, the intricacies, and I think that's going to be a very interesting. Hopefully Such they history, AEW loves that long term booking. Like they could have yeah. a good program. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I hope they get several matches together. Is what I'm saying. Which uh, the result, because the result of blood and guts kind of like set up some of that. They basically were both on top of the cage doing submissions, and Eddie Kingston, you know, trying to get that revenge on Jericho. But the dude that uh, Claudio was doing the submission tapped out first, and he won the match. And Eddie Kingston was just, you know, like looking at him like. So they're planting the seeds. It's going to be good yeah. shit. Yeah, it's going to be good. I'm excited about that for sure. That's one of and the I, best anticlimactic endings to like a match to set up. I don't know. It's great. You got to fucking go watch it, dude. Yeah. Well, speaking of kind of anticlimactic endings, let's get on to this next match here. Uh, Ooh, it's, J- yep. it's Jay White versus Hangman Adam Page versus Okada versus Adam Cole. 
at the beginning of this match, I was like, this might be match of the year. Like this, I mean, this, this could be insanely good. And to be honest, three quarters of this match was insanely good. I thought like, 75%, maybe even, maybe just I mean, 70%. Really just the ending little finish sequence where Adam Cole got hurt. The only things that really kind of fucked it up. Yeah. Well, and no, that, I mean, there were a couple other stutters. It was a little bit, a little more than halfway that it started to get. Maybe, I, I don't know. Maybe it was just, maybe, I mean, they, they had a long match, uh, but maybe they just got a little worn out, but I don't know. I mean, it, it, it definitely started to get real muddy there towards the end. And then like, I didn't see when Adam Cole got concussed. So to me, it felt like, like I immediately went into like conspiracy mode. Like it felt like a screw job finish. Like it felt like Adam Cole went to kick out and was held down. And I was like, Whoa, did New Japan <laughs> just like pull something here? Like, did they not want to beat one of their, did they not want to beat Okada? So they just decided like, Hey, no matter what, just pin Cole at the end. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's what I felt like happened. Um, well, they, they were working out. good then if they got you with that one. Yeah. I mean, I just didn't see that. He, I didn't see where he got hurt. Like, yeah. uh, so I just, I was like, what just happened? And like, you could kind of see him like not really know what was going on. I didn't realize now that that's cause he was concussed, but like, um, yeah, man, the match was really good. Uh, but again, about the last 25% of it was a little just wonky. And the finish really, really took the air out of the building, too. And I was like, man, that's really sucks. Uh, so when the finish knocks it down, the finish probably knocked it down at least half a beer. I went three and a half beers on it. Oh, OK. Well, I'm pretty close to you. I went four beers. Yeah, that finish really like we're about half a beer off this, whole, this like, whole show. It just kind of happened so quickly. And I was like, I like the idea of Jay White getting the sneaky finish. And I think that was the plan all along, but I don't think it was supposed to be Adam Cole just getting set up for the rainmaker than just jumping out of the ring. Yeah. Like I was or he just, just like, fell down. He just, yeah, fell, he down. just fell down. Like that's, that was definitely, I'm pretty sure Adam Cole was supposed to get hit with the rainmaker. And then Jay White was supposed to go in there, hit the blade runner, then pin Adam Cole. I think that was the plan all along, but it just didn't work out. Yeah. Well, I mean, now that we know and it is what it is, obviously all the controversy and like things that went ran through my mind are not even real anymore. I understand what happened. Sometimes it just happens, man. It's, it's, it ain't ballet, as JR likes to say. So, yeah, I mean, that hangman moonsault Adam Cole super kick is just so clean. Yeah. Just yeah, I, yeah. perfection, baby. Yeah, it was very good. I will say, though, even if that was the plan. Man, they have not been booking Adam Cole well. They have not been booking Adam Cole well. Well, he's um, injured, and I think this was kind of supposed to be his last match he was going to have until he took some time off, and they didn't know he was going to get a fucking concussion. Well, here we are. Uh, that's what happened. Um, you know what? It's not called um, forbidden for no reason. Yeah. Um, and then the next match here, let's get on to the main event here. Um, John Moxley with, with Regal uh, versus Tanahashi for the interim AEW world championship. I feel like we all just knew that Tanahashi is not winning it. I mean, yeah. I, I feel like that's just kind of a guaranteed thing really hurt the match. I don't think that Moxley can work up to the level of Tanahashi, even though Tanahashi did try it. It, uh, it wasn't great. And somebody needs to tell John Moxley. He doesn't have to bleed every time he's on television. Like it doesn't just doesn't have to do it every time. Uh, I really don't feel like it was even necessary for him to have gotten bloody in this match. It would have been fine without it. Didn't add anything to it because it's so stale at this point, in my opinion. 
Um, I didn't like this match, man. Big surprise. Um, I gave Tanahashi. I went in the middle on it because of Tanahashi because I thought Ace was great. Uh, but Moxley, even though he has been getting better, he was back to his old ways, his old movements, his old shoulder rolling, stupid. I don't know. Just it felt I didn't like it at all. I don't like putting the title on him. I don't think he even should have been in the match, to be honest with you. Should have been somebody else here instead of Tanahashi. Literally, well, I guess you can't do that because Adam Cole's taking time off. But, I mean, I, even if it was Page getting Adam Page the title back, I, I feel like that would have been better. I, I feel like Adam Page versus Tanahashi would have been a better match, too. So, um, yeah. Either way, um, three beers. Where are you at on it? Hey, I mean, I'm only a little bit higher than you. I only went, I went 3.5 beers, and by the time this match comes on, I'm fucking drunk. I'm multiple shots deep. You're lit up. Four or five beers, smoking yeah. weed. You know, getting. I was I was real deep, real deep off in it, and it was going really slow for me until Moxley started bleeding. And if I'm drunk and I'm seeing blood on her ass, I'm like, all right, it's getting fucked. Hell yeah. And it really did pick up from there. I don't know. The blood just kind of injected a little energy and it made it like, I was like, all right, I was really into it for that moment. But then the ending with the Jericho and all like the bullshit like that really so soured it. I was like, it should just been Tanahashi Moxley shaking hands. Like I, you know, respect you got the I mean, bell. The blah, blah, blah. There was like a lot of time before Jericho hit the ring. Yeah, no, there's just exactly. It was just it was unnecessary. And uh, just like you said, Tanahashi could have went up against anybody else in the Blackpool Combat Club and it would have been a five star probably like literally anybody else. Wheeler Yuta would have been a better better match than this. Jericho would have been a better match. Jericho. Yeah, I mean, they have a proven track record. Moxley. I don't know. He just it like you said, we knew what the outcome was going to be. It just didn't hit right. Didn't hit right. It was a bad style. I know. I agree. You don't need to bleed every time, but when I'm drunk on pay-per-view, I want to see a little blood, and he gave me what I wanted, so I'll give you that, Mox. You are getting better, in my opinion, but you still you slip up every now and then. Danielson and Claudio need to slap a little sense into you. Yep. And we'll, well get back on track. I, I, my, my hope here is that with, with Moxley being the interim champion, that we actually get Blackpool Combat Club becoming a heel faction, and they just ditch Moxley altogether. And it's just Yuta and Claudio and Danielson and Regal. Like, I don't think Moxley even really deserves to be in there. It doesn't make like he's he's not he like he's the only wrestler that's not a technical wrestler in that group. Like, he's the only one. It just doesn't make sense. Like, he, yeah, he's the only brawler. Everybody else can yeah, it's the, pretty much the, do it all. And plus, like, even like the tag team of like Moxley and Danielson made no real sense to me. I mean, it was like now, granted, they had a couple really good matches. And so I was like, okay, I can get behind this if it stays, if the match quality stays this way. But then, you know, Mox is going to Mox. So it's like, I mean, that's just not, it's just not, it's just not his style. I mean, even, even him getting better, like he's, he's, uh, you know, he's a stone cold. He's not a stunning Steve. You know what I mean? Like he's just, exactly. he's not, he's, he, he's not that guy. Like he's not, I mean, maybe Moxley used to be that guy in CZW, but he's not anymore. And it just doesn't. I don't know. I don't. I really don't think he fits in that club. I really also feel like they need him to be a, a baby face, baby face, baby face, a true baby face. And Blackpool Combat Club doesn't. I mean, doesn't really lend itself to that, especially considering like all those guys are really good. So it's like, why are they really baby faces? Like they're handedly beating a lot of these. Like, well, Blackpool be- Combat Club is kind of weird. It's like they're half baby face half heel they're kind of tweeners yeah, like weird some it's people like come just, out of the good guy tunnel some people come out of the bad guy tunnel it's just it's weird they should just be a heel team 
It makes it regal is the better as a villain. I mean, it's all better as it, and it'll be like an NWO heel team. People are going to yes. love them because they're badass. Yeah. Yeah. And that's fine. And, but Take I just no feel prisoners, like just kick ass. Hopefully Moxley just gets out and they just, you know, maybe Claudio and Moxley just have a run. And as you know, the, what the Blackpool will be in the heels and Moxley looks really strong beating up all these guys that he was once teaming with or whatever, you know, that, that might work. I, I don't know, but I don't know this, the, the whole uh, it's, it's, it's not, it's not for me right now. I, I'm, I thought the matches were great. I will say this too with AEW and I, not that I follow new Japan, you know, very well, but like, I feel like a lot of the stories are kind of suffering in AEW. Like they they do have some good ones, but like, it's really more about the wrestling and the card and that's fine. But it's funny. Kenny Omega said in an interview, like yesterday or today that he was like pro wrestling's changed and it's not more story based. It's a lot, it's a lot more about like the in ring action, which Hey, I understand things change over time and things it's are going to be different. Though. It's both though. Like to it me, it is both. I mean, but honestly, me, like, I'll say, I'll say this week when Dino, when you got on dynamite and they got back to just promoting their promotion and I have to interject the storylines from new Japan, they, they got back on track. Like the stuff with Christian and Luchasaurus was really good. Like I yeah. said, they set up the match for Wardlow next week. They're kind of, they're pushing things back in the right direction. So, and they had over a million viewers last night. So, I mean, hopefully yeah. This had a nice little like shot of adrenaline into AEW, and they'll be moving in the right direction. Yeah, I, I mean, and I hate to say this, but I do feel like the, the people that are doing the best story stuff. Um, well, it would have been MJF, but he's not on TV right now. So to me, the best stories are the older WWE guys, like the Christian storyline, like Jericho Appreciation Society. Yeah. Like I, I mean, because they're the those, vets, they know how to fuck it. They've been and doing those are the so stories. Like, and I, don't get me wrong, like I want the like to me. To me, what AEW should be is 96, 97 WCW, except with also really good main events because those undercards were great. And there weren't a whole lot of stories going on in the undercards, but there were a few. And those stories were really well told. And the main event was an awesome story and an awesome ma- match. You know what I'm saying? As in WCW it was a good story, but it, the matches were terrible. But it's we kind of got the you want to need the best of both worlds. Yes. Like, honestly, it's like I want I want AEW exactly as it is, except I want Cody Rollins to headline AEW. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like that's and like and that, that's what it is to me, too. Like when people are like when Omega says those kind of things, it's like, well, I think Cody Rhodes and Seth Rollins just completely proved that you can do both. Like people were casual fans that don't even care about AEW were completely invested in the story of Rollins and Rhodes. It made sense. They told it really well. The promos from both guys were really, really good. And all of their matches were bangers. I mean, every single one of them and one of them, the dude had a torn back. Like, I mean, you can't, yeah. you can't beat it. Like there's no, there's no, and, and to me, like, all AEW has to do really is fix their main event card. Like their main, I mean, I know they've been plagued by injuries and like, there's nothing you can do about that. And I'm sure it would be totally different if it was Tanahashi versus a healthy CM Punk, dude, you know, like the, dude, this, and I want to say the reason, one of the main reasons why Cody Rhodes and Seth Rollins can have that good mix of both, because when it comes down to it, like they have the same mentality as more of a, the AEW people. Those are their people. Yes. Those are the people. Yeah. Especially totally. Rollins, like he came up with a lot of these people. Yeah, Cody spent like, a lot yeah. of time. Like they have that same. They understand wrestling in the same way. They don't have that. That I'm strictly like I'm a pure WWE sports entertainment guy. Like they've experienced both, so they no, totally. know how to mesh both together. Which they kind of. It's kind of rare that you have two people like that who have been on kind of the opposite spectrums of it. Like you had Cody yeah. who came up in WWE, but then went to the Indies, went and had that lifestyle with all those dudes Rollins, the opposite. He came up with those dudes and then went to WWE. It's just, they have, they have a different perception of everything. 
No, I completely agree with you. And I, and I think I think that you're totally right. I think that that a lot of their background has everything to do with why the chemistry works so well between those Dusty two guys. Rhodes. Yeah, I mean, I, and and I also think that you know the Dusty. I mean, they, they touched on it in their in their program. You know, the Dusty like kind of catering and lending help to uh, young Tyler Black to become Seth Rollins. All the while, Cody Rhodes is being stardust and not really <laughs> getting that kind of direction from his own father. And it's like, I think that's, a, there's, a, there's so much, and there's like, dude, there's still so much money in that. Like that, that to me is, I mean, that can be four or five year long run. Hopefully the title's involved at some point, hopefully the winged Eagles involved. But when we're talking about that, it's like, when we're talking about AEW titles, like they got to do something about the world title picture, man, because I have zero interest in seeing John Moxley versus CM Punk for that unification. Zero interest in that. Like I'd like, I, well, we, and we all know that CM Punk's going to win it. Yeah. But, but who can like, Dude, I have no desire to see CM Punk, Pipe Bomb Punk versus Dean Ambrose, and I feel well, like that's what that we're gonna is get. a that. Okay, well, that's going to be AEW's mission until that happens. They need to do something to make you excited about it. I agree. This is the Hopefully challenge I'm laying out to Tony Khan. Some type of storyline, some type of fucking program, a few. Put things. it on Cesaro. Even if it's short term, people will love you for giving him the world title. He deserves a world even title. If it's run. Interim. Even, even if it's, if it's six. Even if it's six weeks or or three months or whatever, and then Punk comes back, he, Claudio is a heel versus a returning Punk. Claudio with the title as a heel versus a returning Punk. Money, 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 money all day. It would be so good. The match would be great. Honestly, anybody else but Moxley because I just don't like seeing yeah. Moxley wrestle, to be honest. I thought he was on a good stretch there for a while too, man. I thought my t- the tide was going to turn on how I felt about Moxley, but you know what? The show was good overall, though, I will say. If I have to give the show an overall rating, it's probably four and some change. It's probably four and a quarter, four and a half, somewhere around in there. Four point the seven five for me at least. Okay, that's fair. So we're about a quarter of a beer off, maybe. Um, the women's match really brought it down to me. Um, the weird finish for that four-way for the IWGP title kind of took it down for me. But you know that IWGP Tag Team Championship, seeing FTR get that title and so good. the title belt, so good. Um, Orange Cassidy, Will Osprey, Will Osprey, please give. You know what? Bring him in. Give him the title. Have him beat Moxley for the title. I would love that. They should, versus what they Punk. should have done oh is God, literally please. had they should have had Tony Storm face some random Joshi wrestler from Stardom or something, and they probably could have put on a way better match. You know what? It would have been really cool is if it was B Priestley versus Tony Storm and like a cross promotion thing there because they have a long they have a long well, history. B Priestley's in WWE now. Is she? Yeah. When she's in uh, NXT UK and her name is Blair Davenport. Oh no! When did that happen? Like a while ago, but no one watches NXT UK, so no one cares. Are you positive that that's not that didn't like happen, and now it's it's been over for a while? No, no, she went to NXT UK. She let like she left. Last Stardom. I heard, she still. Hey, I'll pull up my phone right now. Like I think I'm pretty sure B Priestley is in it is in NXT UK. Like okay, I, I mean I'm gonna ask for tweets here, but if you still watch NXT UK, and I've tried, I really wanted to like that brand, but I tried to watch it like a couple times, uh, maybe even a few months ago, and it was so bad. Like the story booking, it was like even worse than NXT 2.0 because I was like, hey man, I'm gonna watch UK, and then hopefully it'll be better than NXT 2.0, and it was worse. It was like worse than 205 Live, man. Yep. It was like just real pulled bad. up her Wikipedia. She is currently signed to WWE, where she performs on the NXT UK brand under the ring name Blair Davenport. Weird. That's a bummer. Um, yeah, that's a bummer. Either way, yeah, either way, the women's match wasn't very great. I will say, go out of your way to watch Osprey versus Cassidy. Um, yeah, watch that tag team title match. Um, 
Yeah, and that's pretty much it, man. I mean, that's pretty much it. Yeah. Great show. Go back. Watch Osprey Cassidy. If you didn't watch Blood and Guts this week, that's a, a pretty good show. Definitely a good free television show that uh, is on to par with some uh, probably even better than some of the other pay-per-view things they put out at some point. If you like chaos, Blood and Guts is great. Uh, Angela or Angelo Parker, Daddy Magic. I can't remember which one, but he basically got like Predator crucified, like hung. It, it was they got some crazy shit. Fun My stuff. goodness. My goodness. We're going to check that out for sure. Um, yeah, guys, I'm excited for what we have going on. I thought the show was good. It's always good to be able to cover, um, AEW in long form, especially for their first ever crossover pay-per-view with new Japan pro wrestling. Um, could have been better. could have been worse. Uh, but here we are, man. Let's just keep it rolling. Um, what do we have coming up here next, man? What do you know we have next week? Next week? Uh, we do, are we going to cover money in the bank? That's it. It's Money in the Bank. You're totally right. It's Money in the Bank next week, and it's just going to be a single pay-per-view. Yeah, single Um, pay-per-view. Money in the Bank in the news, baby. Yeah, Money in the Bank in the news. Um, Speaking of, speaking of, speaking of, do you remember who the first ever Money in the Bank winner was? Edge. Was it Edge? Was he the first ever Money in the Bank winner? He's the first cash-in, I thought, on John Cena, right? Um, let's see. Let's see. Let's I'm see. Saying it's edge. I'm going with edge. First ever money in the bank winner is edge. You are correct. You are correct. It was edge. Uh, he was the first ever money in the bank. And he winner. cashed in on John Cena at new year's revolution. He did. He Just did. after he had a fucking cage match, I think. Right. Even though the match itself was invented by Jericho, uh, um, yeah, they was. took his idea and gave it to <laughs> edge, <laughs> which is what WWE has done so well with their, uh, their ideas over the past few years, uh, I guess over the past forever, to be honest with you. Um, but yeah, man, I'm excited. I mean, Money in the Bank's always a fun show. I mean, the matches will be pretty decent. I'm sure they're going to have, you know, women's Money in the Bank. They'll have a men's Money in the Bank. I don't really know what they have on the card other than that. Is Brock and Roman on that? Brock and Roman. No, Brock and Roman's going to be SummerSlam. SummerSlam. Okay. Because we haven't... That, it, is this the eighth time they've wrestled for the title? I think it's like the eight or nine. Like, no shit. I think it's like the eight or ninth time. All I know is that I'm I'm not very excited for it, to be honest, because I'm just I've seen it so many times. It's like, uh, you know, watching it was like watching LeBron versus anybody in the NBA finals for like every. I know that the rumor row. is that they're thinking about turning Roman he, uh, babyface again. I don't know how that's going to work. I don't know how you do you that. Do it's not going to work now. Yeah, I, I think they really want to, though, I, because they're desperate for baby faces right now. And Roman's super hot. Ah. I don't know how they do it. I mean, they get the Usos to turn on him and like Heyman joins Brock and that all works with them. And uh, Brock turns heel. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, They're going to have to have a buried alive match and then he's going to come back at the next pay-per-view on a motorcycle. I like that. But with short hair. With short hair. That that makes sense. Because, you know, it's his yard now. It it is his yard now. Um, Yeah, well. We're going to cover Money in the Bank. That's what we're going to do next week. It's going to be a fun time. Um, the news and the notes are always going to be the funnest time. As always, we'll try to get some trivia in there. You can always find me, your boy, Mr. Know-It-All, Daniel John Schaefer, at Daniel Daybreak on literally every social platform that exists. Uh, all one word, just at Daniel Daybreak. You can always find the show on Twitter and Instagram at kfabe.com. You can find the show on TikTok at Pod. And we're just good old kayfabe comparisons on Facebook and on YouTube. Be sure to go ahead and like, um, subscribe to the podcast, subscribe to our YouTube, follow us on TikTok, on Instagram, on Twitter. Um, we're going to be trying to 
reach all the masses that way through the socials these days. Um, Wix, where can people find you, man? As always, you can find your boy Wix at Wix Breaking the Lawson on all of your social medias. And uh, speaking of TikTok, we are almost up to 200 followers. Uh-oh. At 100, we were going to do some shit, but we just bullshitted, never did it. But we're almost up to 200. So once we get up to 200, we will definitely uh, do that little uh, wrestling cover or whatever we decide yeah. to do. We'll do something special for 200 followers special. on TikTok. Be sure and, to follow uh, us on TikTok and uh, tell a friend. And if you refer us and they follow us, um, I'll send you a sucker or something. I don't know. And getting a lot, of, a lot of engagement on there. You know, I've been posting a little bit of, a little bit of skateboarding lately with some wrestling music, trying to, you know, cro- cross promote, trying to bring everybody over bit. together. I'm into it. I'm into it, man. Sounds like a good time. Well, you know what? That's gonna do it for us this week. We will see you guys. We will see you guys. We will see you guys next week. <laughs> We're out. Peace. Peace.